Welcome to Real Talk. I am Tina. And I am Anne. Today we have some special guests. We would like to welcome Aaron Simpson and Joyce Walker. We are having them on today because Wadsworth City Schools is implementing what I would call a model program. Aaron has been the principal of Overlook Elementary School in Wadsworth, and Joyce is head of student services in Wadsworth. Aaron has been chosen as the principal of this new program. Can you tell us a little bit about Grizzly Academy, Erin? Absolutely. I'm very excited to bring this program to Wadsworth. Um, as we look at this, we are looking to really serve the needs of our students that maybe those needs can't be met in a traditional school setting, in a traditional classroom setting with lots of transitions, lots of students, lots of exterior the noise that happens in school, not the audible noise, but just all those pieces that happen around you. And so we are um, implementing this program to bring about a very structured environment for our students um, that is part of our district. We have seen so many students be successful in similar programs outside of our district. Uh, and we wanted to own that here in Wadsworth. We wanted to bring that to our families and our community and really serve our students here as Wadsworth Grizzlies. And so that has resulted in the creation of the Grizzly Academy um, that we are just very excited. Our staff um, cannot wait to begin this and welcome our families and our students. Um, but really, we will plan to focus on those pro-social skills and regulation, resiliency, um, with the counseling support open and throughout the school day as well. Well, it sounds amazing, certainly, and something that I feel like not just this school district, but school districts across the United States could probably use. Joyce, this question is for you. You know the needs of the district so very well as the head of student services. Why did you see the need for this program in the district? Every year when when supporting all of the students um, here in the district, we really keep a close eye on what are those needs, um, what needs are we meeting well, and, and where are the gaps that we need to fill. And one of the things that we really been, have been paying a lot of attention to since pre-COVID, probably 2018, was the, the growing number of younger students in our district, basically in that K2, K3 range, and even preschool, um, that just come with some pretty significant regulation needs. And um, there is no conversation more difficult um, to have with a family than the one where you're talking about an eight, seven, eight, nine-year-old student who may need to be... Um, provided services in a different setting than what the district can offer. And we were having more and more of those conversations year after year. Clearly, Dr. Hill um, is very well aware of, of how the district is trending. The administrators, elementary administrators, and my office talked a lot annually about what we need to do differently. We added behavior specialists to our district. We added um, behavior-trained aides to the district. And still, like Aaron had said, we, we did not have the ability to really control that noise piece or that regulation piece the way those kids needed it controlled. So we were um, taking those kids to different programs and they're wonderful programs. I want to say that, you know, we are lucky to have um, other programs near us where kids can go and have their needs met. Um, but at the end of the day, last year, we started having serious conversation about how do we keep our kids ours? 
How do we serve them in the, the district? What do they need from us that we're not right now providing? So the research project began last year and um, ended in a presentation to the board then um, in the spring. And, and we're thrilled that the board is, is supporting this initiative because it is very much needed. And honestly, you said, Tina, I, I can see we're not the only district that's, that's having these conversations. We just hope that we can um, provide a model that someday others might be able to look towards um, as a possible solution. Well, this is for both of you, because this just, with what you just said, Joyce, it just proves that there is just more and more going on with our kiddos today. I mean, there are just so many greater needs than there used to be, say, like 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. I mean, and to meet the needs of these kids, I mean, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I I, I echo that. Um, this is Erin. I definitely echo that. And um, seeing, I, I've been a principal now for 18 years and I don't see the needs of our students grow over those 18 years and, and our families, you know, the support of, um, of wraparound services um, that we we provide and we work to um, establish those relationships and build relationships with families to support more than just that education sometimes of the children. Um, I I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why we are where we are, but there is just a lot of that need when I think about, um, I keep going back to that word noise and I heard Mrs. Walker say that in one of our meetings at one time, you know, just that noise that goes on around us that we sometimes just can't tune out. And I thought that described it so perfectly for me because I think there's just an overstimulation at times of that, you know, the environment is just ever changing, always going, always moving, always something going on. And when we need maybe that routine or that consistency and that regulation, and maybe we're just maybe our society as fast paced as it is. And as, you know, quickly as things are changing, I laugh, you know, kids don't even have to wait for commercials anymore. You know, like there's just someone who, you know, there's not that need. Um, it's everything is so that fast paced. And I, I sometimes think that some t- that regulation and that lack of control in a school setting um, could possibly lead to some of these differences that we see in these needs. And so having the opportunity to kind of scale that back into, um, you know, an environment with the reduced transitions and distractions and a routine learning environment that hopefully we can build those coping and regulation skills. Um, And I do think this is something that we will start here, but needs needs to grow and needs to be, you know, global. Like I, I hear Tina said, you know, we need it everywhere. I think we need it in, in all schools and businesses. So um, I'm just excited to, to see where it goes, but I don't know. I wish I knew why all these needs are presenting themselves. If I knew that answer, I probably would be sitting here in an office, you know, in Wadsworth right now. You know, that was that's something that's been on my mind. And as we were going through this interview together, it's something I, I wondered if you had any insight on, you know, just going back to the whole commercial thing, my kids were just saying uh, just last week, you used to have to watch those. I mean, the world that we live in is so fast paced and changing. No doubt. There are times at the end of the day where I find that I don't even want to turn the TV on for anything mindless anymore, because I just want some peace some quiet 
you know, something different from the hustle and bustle of everything that goes on in the day. And I wish I too could put my finger on why it's changed so much. Uh, there, I, I could not imagine being a teacher or an administrator, even in a school district. I don't know how you all juggle everything that you do and everyone is so unique. And while that is a beautiful thing, it can also be something that is challenging. There's a couple things that maybe, I mean, social media has really changed our kids. I mean, there's no way getting around how uh, the bullying has changed. Uh, The access other kids have to other kids has changed and uh, self-esteem has gone down tremendously because of that. Uh, I just, I think that that has to be a huge factor. I, I would agree more as I, I mean, I, so that as a mom, um, you know, and, and say that I, I agree a hundred percent. And there's so many times where I wish I could go backwards in time, how I would have approached that whole, uh, you know, access to device and access to social media and that differently than, you know, maybe I did. And I felt like I was restrictive, you know, but I would have been much more restrictive and really is restrictive necessarily about, you know, what they have access to and what, but I would have fully gone back to limiting that time, you know, that time frame um, of how much access you can have to that device or those apps a day um, and, and where, you know, those were things that I, I would love to go backwards, but I can't, you know, so I can just learn from it moving forward. But I, you know, when you mentioned that I, the self-esteem piece is the part I see so much um, an impact on kids because they, they know everything now that's going on everywhere. And they have this perception of what they should be like, or look like, or sound like, or dress like all those pieces that, you know, thankfully just we lived in our little blissful bubble of, of pre-technology that was lovely growing up in. And um, I agree, it definitely has impacted um, that that development and speed of development of our, of our kids. I mean, kids were only able to be bullied at school at one time or when in person, but now, I mean, they have other kids have access to them online. And even if they get liked or they didn't get a like, or somebody can make a horrible comment to them on something that they post or repost something that they posted or they had access to that wasn't appropriate I mean, it really adds a whole different layer. And I think that a lot of that comes with um, their self, you know, I, I, I would say there's a lot of self-bullying on that end of things of, you know, and that I would tie to that self-esteem of, you know, really putting themselves down or, you know, comparing themselves to what they see that, that, you know, probably isn't real or isn't realistically, you know, what everyday life is like, um, that's the aspect that I, I really wish um, we could control for kids is that emotional response to those things that, um, you know, maybe even aren't directed at them, but they're interpreting them or they're judging themselves uh, by that. Well, that's so good. Erin, I know that you've been the principal at your former school for a long time. So I wanted to know what made you want to work with students at the new Grizzly Academy or the new alternative school? And I'm going to guess that it was a hard decision for you maybe to step away from something that 
you've known for so long into something similarly, but really kind of a type of school? Uh, absolutely. I, it definitely was a hard decision. Um, it was a decision or not a decision, I guess, a, an interest as soon as I started to hear about the program. Um, I thought, I think that's for me. I think that's for me. And I have to, as I would hear more and more, I would say, I think that's for me. And I, you know, talked to Joyce about that and shared um, my feelings on that. And, um, and so I just started, you know, the old school, make your list of pros and cons. And um, the thing for me really was leaving my Overlook family behind, you know, leaving that um, and saying goodbye. That was, I was there for 15 years. And so that definitely was uh, a hard piece to do, um, to leave there. Um, so many wonderful uh, families and relationships and that I, I know I'm biased, but I always say that's just such a special place to be that as a school community and family feel. Um, and so, but when I saw this, I knew, um, you know, I, I've always, I, I've, read a quote, I'm sure many have seen this at various times, but, you know, you will see sometimes that our kids that need the most love sometimes ask for it in the most difficult of ways. And I've always thought that, and I know the power of relationships. And so when I started to think about this program and that potential to truly give that individual attention, build those relationships and those connections and um, show that belief daily in that environment, because that is all we're focused on, not trying to manage, you know, 350 other students or other programs going on at the same time to really be able to give um, these students and our families what they deserve and need in that environment. It was, it was just my calling. I just knew that I I needed to put my name in the ring and, um, you know, try to try to become, you know, have the opportunity to lead this. And I was very excited to, to have been offered the position and accept. And um, I, it's just such an honor and I can't, um, my excitement, I, I'm just as hard as it was to say uh, goodbye to my Overlook family. I am so over the moon excited to be um, leading this Grizzly Academy. And with the team that I have with me, uh, I just, I know we're going to do great things with our kids and families. And I can't wait. Well, I'm sure that the school is just thrilled to have you be their leader. And you have, I I know a little bit about you and you have the skill and the beautiful heart of being able to meet each child where they are. And that's what I hear you saying and what you just said and being able to love them right where they are and loving that difficult or the child that's acting out. And that's how they're asking for help or asking for uh, whatever it is that they need. And it is a, it's an, um, an amazing thing that you're able to connect with that, Erin. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I love what I do and that makes it easy. Well, it shows. And, you know, going back to Anne's question, do you have any advice for someone listening? Who's like, well, my son and daughter cannot express through that behavior, cannot just say, what he or she needs. How do you know what they need in those moments? I, my middle son will act out sometimes, but he is able to tell me exactly what he needs. Once I pause, realize why the behavior is happening. Usually it's just my time and attention that he wants all to himself. But do you have anything that you can offer our listeners about 
okay, well, it's usually this, or maybe it could be this if, if they're struggling with, well, what is it do you need of why you're acting out this way? So I don't, I don't like have a like a definite, you know, this always works or, but I think definitely, like you said, you know, giving that time and space, which is again, a benefit of this program that we'll be able to do that because we are in that individual environment and that small group and, and being able to say, okay, yes, we're not getting away from that. That still is going to be done, but it doesn't need to be done right now at this exact moment in that exact same way. So giving that and and thinking about what has gone on around that event, you know, what kind of preceded it as that trigger, what, um, you know, is, is there something different out of routine? Is there, you know, something that, that just a little change that, you know, we as adults might not perceive as a change, but yet to that student, that was a huge change. Um, so I think loving them where they are all and letting making sure they know that piece is so important. Um, this summer, I've really been um, getting, uh, I've been following Dr. Becky from Good Inside and, and learning so much from her as a mom that I, again, I, I now have teenagers, but boy, do I wish I could go backwards in time and you know, use just thinking about the language and thinking about my own triggers, you know, what triggers me to respond in a situation. Um, but ultimately that that knowledge, which I've always known, but I've never thought of how to say it in that easy way, is that we're all good inside. What what might be coming out right now might not be our best self, but there's always good inside and and building on that and reassuring that child through those moments that you see that good, no matter what, and you're going to be there and work through this. And you know, that it's okay to have big, hard feelings and scary feelings or angry feelings, but how do we learn to then manage and cope through uh, those and, and kids, you know, I think sometimes we put too many expectations on them that they should be able to do that as a little age that we maybe haven't taught them yet that coping, like it, uh, really, in this developmental age, that it's not really about self-regulation; it's about co-regulation and getting there together. So, um, I, I'm learning more and more. And uh, again, I wish that I could kind of go back in time sometimes, but I can only learn moving forward. Right? That's what we all do, and that's what we teach our kids. Right? You're so Absolutely. right. And also, you're talking about the demands on the kids, and you know. I see and I have witnessed over the years that, you know, now we teach more to that, the test and trying to really put more. I mean, even in kindergarten nowadays, it's not about drawing and coloring anymore. I mean, there are so many more demands put on the younger kids and the anxiety is up. And I do understand that they have to learn um, and keep up with the times, I guess. But uh, with the way the schools are going and the way that we're heading, I was just wondering if you think that more and more schools are going to be following this concept, because I really do think that you are having a model program here. I, you know what, it's, it's interesting because, you know, every year I know, I know districts around us, we, we meet and talk about, you know, what challenges our district's facing and, and, the, the mental health piece has been real. The behavior at the younger ages has been very real for a lot of the districts. And, and I think every district looks at that and, and then looks at their the strengths of their current staff and decides to how to best provide that support. I know here as a district, like I said, we've been looking at this and 
and finally realized the one the one thing, and I know Aaron just alluded to this a few minutes ago, the one thing that we could not change in our current model was the environment that was needed to best support learning for these students. Um, because we had them maybe in smaller classes, but within one of the elementaries or a couple of the elementaries. And so the, the noise and the transitions and everything else that was still happening in that building was they were still experiencing. It. Does that make sense? So yeah. we, we couldn't, you know, monitor that piece. So we as a district decided, you know what, if we're going to do this right, we need to commit and do it the way it needs to be done for these students and really design a program bottom up based on how we, we know these students learn. So um, will other districts go that direction? I, I really don't know. I just know that more and more, um, if you really look at staffing of, of districts, um, more and more districts have um, increased the amount of counselors they have in the district. They've increased the amount of collaboration that they're doing with outside agencies to do that wraparound support for families and students. So that that is where we see things trending right now. So I was wondering if the concept for the district came about, I, I can't remember if you already mentioned this, but did it come about from administrators? Was it something that it was a combination of parents' needs, talking to administrators. Can you tell us what helped bring this to fruition? I, I think it was a combination of, of everything you just shared. It, it always begins with in, in the administrative team in that we we are a very close administrative team and we talk a lot about you know the, what's going on in each of the buildings, what do we what additional support is needed in order to meet the kids and meet the needs of all of our students. So we have those conversations all the time as a team. Um, the elementary team, like I said, the, that K-2 challenge has been something we've talked about the last couple of years. On top of that, we started having meetings with families when we were looking to place outside of the district in order to better meet the needs of, of the student. Um, and those conversations were then reflected on administratively. And and the beauty of it is, is we do have... Um, I will say very open, honest conversation with our families. Mm -hmm. You know, as difficult as it is for us to have that conversation, we know how difficult it is for the parents to be part of that conversation as well. And we respect that. We, we honor the fact that that is a, a difficult decision to make. And so we reflected on that conversation, which once again then led to further conversations with Dr. Hill and the board to say, can we at least investigate and look at whether we could better serve our K-4 students in district. This is Erin. I just have to just say, following that from Joyce, um, she and Jen Thomas um, have been instrumental in bringing this program to Wadsworth. They studied all of the programs that our students have success in and brought what I like to say is the, the design, the skeleton, the framework to us and said to our board, this is what we would need. This is what we need in Wadsworth to do this right by kids. Um, and and weren't shy in saying how much staffing it needed, where, you know, what did this design need to look like, um, and presented it to the board. And the board was amazing to um, be in support of this and say, yes, we need this for our students. And looking at, you know, as we grow this, this year it'll be K-4, but as we grow, you know, it um, this is an investment and this is a, a commitment. And I 
firmly believe without the leadership of Joyce and Jen, we would not see this in district right now. And so I feel that they have brought us the framework to now let's build that framework for our kids. Um, and, and that's what we're, we're working on doing. And it is, um, it's pretty amazing. And I really just give them so much credit and praise for being forward thinking and saying, we can do this and we can do this the positive way. Now, you said that the school board was very receptive to this. Could you just add some maybe personal responses that you heard? Like, I mean, was there something that stood out to you that they knew for sure that this was it, that the district needed to do this? I, I think, and I and I, I can't I can't pull because it was a couple of months ago at this point. But I will say, I think the resounding um, response that I recall is just um, very appreciative that the the team um, working closest with students continues to put students first, and the dedication that they felt the district had to keeping. Wadsworth students at Wadsworth. Like I feel, Aaron. I don't know if you yeah. want to add to that, but that was the thing I heard the most. Is it? It is our job to do the very best that we can for our students, and and if we could do it in house, that's where we want to do it. I think the other thing um, that they were very pleased to see is the amount of vision and and um, research put into the the. I would say educating the whole child balancing the academics with the mental health, with the um, regulation. It really is a complete um, 108, you know, it, it's supporting the entire student um, within that smaller setting. And and I think they really, the board has done a lot of work since I want to say 2017 with their mental health um, committee. They, they've really been very, very aware of how to better support um, the community. And so that, that, they were very pleased to see that. Yes. And I can just speak from, I had an opportunity when they did their board tours and and toward the space. And I talked to them about what each space was for and the purposefulness of each space. And they were very um, supportive, very excited, uh, you know, talking just about how excited, I, I keep using that word, but they were just looking forward to the ability to serve our students here and that we were going to be giving families what they needed and be able to do that um, within the district with our district staff is just, a, you know, unbelievable um, gift that I think we've been given. And so I tell my team all the time, this is our challenge to make sure that, you know, we are returning on this investment and we are working with our students and families and, and we kind of laugh. And I, I think this also goes a little bit back to your earlier question, Anne, when you were talking about those standards and how much we push kids and what we do. And, you know, when I think about a student's development, a child's development into adulthood, there's two things that they need to be successful adults. They need to be um, literate and they need to be able to cope and, and regulate in all settings. You know, that is going to make for a successful high school student, college student, a, you know, young adult, adult, except on, on. And so um, we kind of said we, we want to make sure we have students when they leave us, when they transition out of the Grizzly Academy, that they are regulated readers as they leave. And that if we can make sure that they have those two critical foundations, um, just what a different trajectory their life will be on. You know, I say all the time, because I, 
have been, you know, involved with different schools in many different ways over the years. And Wadsworth is at the forefront. I mean, you guys stand out. Um, I am just so impressed with Wadsworth all the time. And you, you get it. I mean, I've said, had that conversation with Joyce before. I mean, um, whenever I've spoken with you, both of you, I mean, you just get the needs of the kids and you just beautifully been describing that here today. Thank you. Yeah. I want to second that. I know you do so much uh, for all the kids in the district. Can you specifically tell us what the Academy's mission is and how many kids are enrolled? Sure. So we, as we've been developing this again, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's new. So we get to create this and we laugh and say, you know, Hey, we have this vision, but it could change day one when we see everything go. But um, really what we've embraced is kind of a growing theme um, so we are approaching this as um, the Grizzly Academy of Family Living Together uh, is kind of our tagline. And we are really looking for our kids and our and families, you know, strengthening those roots of relationships, uh, regulation, perseverance, empathy, confidence, uh, learning expectations and experiences, positive actions and compassion. And you know, as we get through that, we feel that that ties in beautifully with our district, you know, mission statement, uh, and that we can be that student. Um, we feel that we're designing the program for success. Um, we are going to line up still with the uh, grit, our um, Grizzly way throughout the district, which is um, our Grizzlies are safe, kind, and responsible. So those are our global expectations, uh, and we will be you know, continuing to follow those embedded within that uh, mission and vision that we have. And so as far as students right now that we have, we are at, um, trying to make sure I could give you accurate numbers here. We are at nine students in kindergarten through second grade. And we are at eight students in third and fourth grade. We are stopping part one of our interview with Joyce Walker and Aaron Simpson here. Tune in next week for part two. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Real Talk with Tina and Ann. See you next week.